What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Oh Hey There podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero filling in for Jason Aponte. And with me, as always, Leo Luna. What's up, Leo? What's up, man? Kind of sad that I don't get to do this little pregame with Jason. But if there was anybody else that I would choose, it would definitely be you, Rob. So glad for that. I, I guess the other part that makes me sad is my San Francisco Giants were officially eliminated after being the best team in baseball last season. Um, that talk about that shelf life that was very short um <laughs> but it's okay jason's aaron judge will come over to the giants and free agency up y- yes i'm going to get my hopes up although i know farhound's probably gonna say we had the better offer he just didn't choose us yeah well look as a seattle mariners fan i know what that's like for the past 21 years although we did make the playoffs this, this past week so Excited about that, but I'm happy to be your second best choice, Leo. Thanks for that. Second um, best. Uh, one B, one B. Not two. Not two. One B. Jason, Jason's one A, and then you're one B. Yeah, two goats. Very nice. Good save. Uh, re- please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you take the time to leave a review, we will read it. This one comes from CSN Guy. Love the podcast. Five stars. Thank you all for bringing a great blend of statistical analysis and fan perspective on the Niners. I always appreciate Rob, Levin, Michelle, KP, Leo, and all the voices that make up the team here. Thanks for the review. Guess who's the one name that was not on that list? Jason Aponte. <laughs> hey, it's all Jason. love. I, I, yeah, I appreciate every single review that comes in. I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to do like a contest with the, with the reviews here soon. Um, I'm going to create some ideas, bullet points, some ideas, and uh, definitely because I, I appreciate every single listener that comes in, and I love how he called you uh, Robbie there. Yeah, I didn't read that. I was hoping that you would let that slide. I hate to be called Robbie, but technically that is what the reviewer wrote. All right, let's get into it. Niners Rams tonight, prime time, and I'm going to start with this because Michelle made me aware of this last week. Jimmy Garoppolo, one and four in his last prime time, in his last five prime time starts seven touchdowns, six interceptions in those games. They they need him tonight, Leo. You can't hide your quarterback forever. Trent Williams is out. They need Jimmy G to step up tonight. Oh, they absolutely do. And, you know, we were talking about, say, angry Jimmy or, you know, revenge Jimmy, whatever you may call <laughs> it, because it's not just the 49ers that moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo with Trey Lance. It's Every single team in the league decided, let me go with another guy, then wait, wait it out for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so whatever, whatever that revenge Jimmy Garoppolo is, hey, buddy, can we see you tonight? Yeah. Just just asking for a friend, just asking for a friend. Can we see you tonight? Um, because the 49ers, this team is way too good to start the season one and three. This team is way too good head to head versus the Rams you know, based off of recent history to lose twice in a row to the Los Angeles Rams. No, that's, that's not what this 49ers identity team does. Um, So if it pissed you off seeing the Rams come back from 10 points in the NFC championship game, celebrate, have Aaron Donald put the ring on his finger and then go out and win the Super Bowl. If that pissed you off in any way, Tonight's the night to put an end to that. Just saying. And look, Kyle Shanahan has largely dominated the Rams. He is seven and three in his career against the Rams as 49ers head coach. This is not like a crazy thing that there's no chance that they can do it. What they need to do 
is protect the damn football and convert some third downs, Leo. They are converting less than 36% of their third downs right now. That's 22nd in the league. We know the formula. Keep it to third and short, where hopefully they can try and run to convert most of those third downs. That's what they need to do. They didn't convert a third down last week until the fourth quarter. That cannot happen tonight. So, yeah, that that's completely terrible. And a lot of it's going to start with the 49ers run game, because if you take out Jeff Wilson's big 37 yard run, he was averaging less than three yards per carry in that contest versus the Denver Broncos. So um, you're going to need more from that run game. And yes, it's going to be a tall task without Trent Williams, even in the in the run game. Like, yes, one of the best all time in, in pass pro, but. He gets to the second level like no one I've seen at his size before in the run game. Um, so that's where George Kittle's going to come in effect. Yes, we would all like to see him play like Travis Kelsey as far as the numbers go. Um, but if George Kittle is able to stay as an inline blocker and assist on these things, I'll take that 10 out of 10 as long as it results in a win. Um, and then maybe, come on, Kyle Shanahan, you talked about the hot hand before. If Jeff Wilson Jr. was averaging less than three yards per carry, why did we only see one carry from from Jordan Mason? His one carry was seven yards, and yep. then we never saw him again. Like, where? Like, let's go with the hot hand this time because Jeff Wilson he he was used pretty often, and it it's not it's not uncommon to think, hey, maybe he's tired. Um, so trust your players, trust your guys that's kind of on the outside of your inner circle you know the inner circles jeff wilson jr george kittle uh debo samuel um tevin coleman who's back on the team tevin coleman okay that's the one thing i do not want to see i do not want to see tevin coleman out carrying jordan mason because then i'll lose it not for my fantasy you know perspective because i have jordan mason on the bench but just for my fandom perspective, Jordan Mason has looked like one of the best in camps from what I've heard from all sources. You know, there's some people that don't like each other in the media room, but yet they all agree that Jordan Mason could be that guy. So if he's not, okay, that's fine. But if he's got a hot hand or somebody else like Jeff Wilson Jr. has a cold hand, Maybe let's change it up. We've done like Kyle, you're not opposed to running back by committee. You're not opposed to that. You've done it your whole career. There has not been a repeat team leading rusher on this season in a season since you've been the head coach. You're not, you know, against running back by committee. Let's go with the hot hand tonight. If if, if it's Jordan Mason, cool. If it's Jeff Wilson Jr. from the jump, even better. But let's just go with the hot hand this time. Yeah, I feel like Kyle, he always says the excuse like, oh, well, if we were out on the field more, we would use the other guy. Like, no, you can sub him in at any time. If Jeff Wilson gets off to a slow start in the first series, whatever, throw Jordan Mason out there for the second series. There's no, you don't have to stick with Jeff Wilson Jr. He's just a guy. Like, I almost wonder if Jeff Wilson Jr. would be better in a backup role, frankly. So I, I hope that they do. They have to run the ball. We all know this. Because the Debo runs are not working the way they used to either. If you take out that 151 yarder he had against the Seahawks, Debo's averaging less than four yards a carry this year. So you're going to need to do something to get a spark on offense because what they did last year is not working. 
I have my concerns with 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 the Debo runs. You know, it seems like he gets banged up pretty often. Uh, last Sunday was a pretty big scare, and then we ran yep. up behind the tackles in a throwaway play before uh, halftime. So it's like, um, what I personally want to see from Debo Samuel, he's a, like everybody wants to call Michael Thomas the, the slant god because that's his whole route tree. But to me, if there's one player I want running a slant, it's going to be Debo Samuel because how many times have we seen him do a quick slant? Uh, a play that should be 10 yards and he turns it into 30, 40, or even a touchdown from there. Um, so I want to see Debo down the field. I want to see him ag- against safeties, against corners. That's what I want to see from Debo Samuel. I was on that train since last season and the year before that. That's why I was hyped for Trey Lance because I figured maybe we'd, we'd see more of downfield Debo. Um, I'm going to have to put that on a shirt, downfield Debo. Um, but... <laughs> it's it's you know not working so far it doesn't mean that it can't work against the rams though and maybe this is the night maybe this is the night look i hope it is they got to get something going on offense you just see it with kyle shanahan like once they get those big plays you could kind of almost feel the momentum building a lot of times if you go look the niners rip off a chunk play the next play right after that is also usually a first down like that's how kyle's offense kind of works they just have to get moving and i think the way they do that is throwing the ball on first down don't run it everybody in the world knows they're going to want to run the ball first play of the game throw the damn ball on first down Spread even if it's just a quick short, you know, slant pass, like you said, a quick plat one step drop, three step drop, something like that. Don't just run it up into the line. I feel like that's what the Rams are expecting. Right. And and that's the things with these teams, because you had the Denver Broncos DC last week say that he he would rather face Jimmy Garoppolo, which he was, than Trey Lance. That has nothing to do with the skill set. That's more so about the familiarity of when the Broncos DC was in LA and he faced Jimmy Garoppolo all those times. Well, guess what? This Ram team is also familiar with Jimmy Garoppolo. They know his play style. So there is got to be a switch up um, in some type of way. It's kind of like when you're a baseball player, if you're throwing, you know, first pitch, fastballs, 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 they're eventually going to get to you. So sometimes you got to mix it up. Instead of a fastball this time, I'm throwing a changeup. I'm throwing a slider, throwing a curveball. And that's what the 49ers got to do with this Rams defense because they know you all too well. You faced them three times last year. Not twice, three times last year. And it's not like that third time was that long ago. Hell, the second time wasn't that long ago because it was week 18, seventh, the last game of the season. Um, so now this is going to be, what, your your third game against them in the last I'm just in a round on on a number here, five, six games, six games or so, seven maybe, your third time. So it's your seventh game. So that's basically on average every other game is against <laughs> this Los Angeles Rams team. So they know you. You got to give them a first pitch, you know, sinker, change up, curveball. Can't be the same old fastball Jimmy here. And you know who else knows you is Bobby Wagner, who's now in the middle of that Rams defense. So that's another factor. Like there's so much familiarity here with this team. And look, I don't know. Kyle Posey has consistently said that Bobby Wagner is cooked. I don't know if he is or not. And so maybe Kyle tries to target him. I'm not sure. 
But I mean, Bobby Wagner, one thing you could say about him, he's smart as hell. So I, yes, I just feel like Jimmy's going to throw one pick in the game tonight, at least. Either Bobby's going to get him or somebody's going to get him. It's just, where is it? You know, I was thinking about that with Stafford. He leads the league in interceptions. He's tied for the league lead. He hasn't even played a fourth game yet. But at least most of his interceptions are deeper throws down the field. So they're almost kind of like short punts. Whereas Jimmy's right. interceptions are always right short over the middle of the field. And so like it's more damaging because you don't really flip the field on the change of possession. Right. And and that's going to be a big part of it is because what field were you going to give the Rams the ball? Is going right. to be, you know, inside the 20? Because we we know we have Mitch Wasowski, right? Best best special teamers in the league. So inside the 20, or are you going to give them a first and 10 at your 40-yard line? Putting your defense you know, on their heels, essentially, if you're giving them a first and 10 at the 40-yard line. That's essentially guaranteeing their offense points. And yeah. that's what you got to limit if you're the San Francisco 49ers. You cannot give this Rams team's points, not because the Rams are so great or anything, um, but this is a we know you, you know us, let, let's go at it game. If you're playing ball with your brother in the backyard, are you going to, and it's like that close neck and neck type of game, are you going to spot them three points if you're playing, you know, to 11 and pick up basketball? Probably not. So you can't spot this Rams team any points as well. And and we were talking about the 49ers rushing. Rams defense hasn't looked good all year, but guess what? They're top 10 against the run this season. They're top 10 against the run this season. So is that, is that like a key to the game for you, Rob? Pass, 49ers pass game. Is that is that a key? Is that I, is that the how they put up points and beat the Rams here is by passing the ball with Jimmy Garoppolo? Is that what you're doing, Rob? You're, you're putting your chips on Jimmy Garoppolo here. Yeah, you can only hide your quarterback for so long. Like, the dude is out there. He touches the ball every play. Like, let him... I almost think they might be better off spreading it out. Don't put Kittle on the line. Put Kittle in the slot. Go four wide. You can have Kittle out there. You want to put Juwan Jennings out there? Great. I guess Danny Gray is banged up, which is weird because he never, ever sees the field. So I'm not quite sure how that happened. But go four wide. Don't run into the strength of the defense. Try to play to the weakness of the defense. If the Rams are having trouble covering the pass, then pass. Like I, I just don't want to see run, run, pass. Because then that puts Jimmy Garoppolo in the exact situation you're trying to avoid, third and long. That's the death knell for this 49ers defense. So if you have to do everything you can to avoid third and long. And to me, that means passing the ball on first down. So what you're saying is you want to see 2017 Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers. That's what you want to see, right? You want, you want that offense, spread it out. Quick, you know, things over the middle. That's the same Jimmy that we have now. Jimmy might not believe that, but it is. He's he's essentially been the same player. He threw for six more yards per game in 2017 than he did last year. So it's not like he was firing it all over the field. It just there was less film on Jimmy then, right? Nobody knew anything about him because he hardly ever played. The more film has come out, the more we've seen from him, defenses know how to defend him, which they know about anybody. It's not just a Jimmy Garoppolo thing. It's everybody. The longer you play, the more they study you. So I just feel like you got to zig when everybody else thinks you're going to zag if you're the 49ers offense tonight. Okay, besides, besides Jimmy Garoppolo or, or, you know, Debo Samuel, what's an X factor for the 49ers offensively in this one? 
I think it's, I mean, how do you not put it on the offensive line? No Trent Williams. You got Colton McKivitz, Daniel Brunskill's back, which I know everybody calls him like the Aaron Donald killer. I would, I would pump the brakes on that. He's held his own against Aaron Donald, which is when you're, look, he's an all-time great. If you can hold your own against an all-time great, you're, you're coming out ahead. But they have to be able to, the offense has to be able to function. It can't just be snap, somebody's immediately beat. Then Jimmy's trying to, you know, Jimmy gets the happy feet in the backfield. He does that little stupid spin move that never works, by the way. They have to be functional. And can they do it? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, in week 18 last year, there was no Trent Williams and the Niners were functionally good. That's what they have to be tonight. Did you just go full wet blanket Levin on that one and say Aaron Donald is, or excuse me, Daniel Brunskill's not the Aaron Donald stopper? I did. It's true. Levin would be so proud of you right now. Look, it's where I can only do so many shows with him before it starts to wear off on me. <laughs> I can't. It's like seeping in. I can't stop it. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and concur and say the offensive line here. It's if you could give Jimmy time um, now, he may or may not be able to do things because we know Jimmy Garoppolo by now. But it's obviously going to increase the productivity of this offense. It's not rocket science. The more time you give a quarterback, the higher the productivity is within an offense. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Aaron, or excuse me, Daniel Brun. I don't know why I keep calling Daniel Brunskill Aaron Donald. Um, <laughs> maybe that's because he owns him and that's his son. <laughs> but maybe we'll see Daniel Brunskill try to do a little swing tackle position that worked well for him in 2019. Um, but yeah, with this offensive line. Uh, I think what you said is key there. Week 18, Rams were trying to beat the 49ers. They were trying very hard to beat the 49ers. And they still won that game without Trent Williams. So example A, it's possible. And remember, uh, they came back down 17-0 to win that game as well. You you had Sean McVay in the end zone celebrating, thinking – Yes, I got the I got the monkey off my back with Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Nobody, nobody. Go go back onto the sideline. You lost that game. Um, but yes, it is possible to win this game against this Rams team. Um, a, a big thing with that, it's I, I saw Debo Samuel downfield a little more in that game as a receiver, and I would like to see the same thing. So if we're not going offensive line, I'm gonna say downfield passing attack because a smart corner like Jalen Ramsey what do you think he's going to expect he's going to expect the underneath and he's going to bite on the underneath uh we've seen him do it to Debo Samuel when he ran an in-breaking route to him and I believe he scored off of that as well if he didn't score it was a big game and and then you saw Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFC championship game when he it was basically a scramble drill ran out to the right to the right side and try to hit Brandon Ayuk, which was a short play, but a guy like Jalen Ramsey yep. bites on the shorter play. And yet we look at that play and go, Juwan Jennings was wide open down the sideline. No one with them because that was Jalen Ramsey's guy, but he knew Jimmy Garoppolo was going to go to the shorter route. So let's be unpredictable with the downfield passing attack. Um, now, I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go out there and, you know, just sling the ball downfield and have Russell Wilson's arch on this deep pass. No. But if you could take maybe three to four shots, that's going to keep the Rams honest. 
Yes. Whether it's completed or not, you're going to keep the Rams honest. Um, so that's what I'm going to want to see from, from this offense. Give me three to four shots downfield. And when I say downfield, past 20 yards. Past yes. 20 yards. And if he completes them, great. But I feel like it's gonna, there's going to be opportunities there. There will be. And let's see if the 49ers can take advantage. Now, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball, if we could. Because as much as we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo's interceptions, Matt Stafford throws them too. We saw it last year, multiple times. I mean, the first time they played against the Rams with Stafford, he threw two picks in the first quarter. One was a pick six to Jimmy Ward. In the NFC Championship game, we all know Mr. Tart should have caught that interception. That might have changed that game. You're going to have opportunities to catch the ball with Matthew Stafford. I'm fascinated to see two things defensively. One, can the Niners get pressure with four? Because if you blitz Stafford, he will carve you up. And the Niners are one of the few teams that don't have to blitz to get pressure. So can they do that? And then two, what do they do with Cooper Cup? Do they have Tarverius Ward just shadow him everywhere? When Ward go, uh, when Cup goes to the slot, is that going to be Diamador Lenore, who apparently has like become the nickel back? Those are the two things I'm fascinated to see when the Niners don't have the ball. Who I, I love the the Cooper Cup proposition. Um, I don't think you necessarily need either corner to to travel with him on opposing sides of the field, because like how I said, you and Jason, I got one A and one B to do a show with me. When when you look at these corners, there's one A and one B at the corner position. There's no cornerback one, no cornerback two with Emmanuel Mosley and Charvarius Ward. Um, but what I would like to avoid is having Cooper Cup being matched up with Diamador Lenore. Now, I, I don't know why I get this feeling, but I would trust Samuel Womack a little better in that one. I just don't know if that's going to be the move because Womack started two games, which he was perfectly fine. Lenore started one game, which he was also fine. Um, but if I'm looking at complete man on line coverage, no one's going to cover Cooper Cup, but I like I like Womack's odds better in man coverage. Um, now, that being said, if I had a preference, I would probably just throw the outside corner in the slot and have Womack go out wide. We've seen, or or Diamador go out wide to whoever the wide re- receiver is closest to the sideline. Um, because we've seen them both play on the outside, Lenore and Womack. We've seen Womack extensively in the preseason play as an outside corner. Um, and maybe that's in preparation for a game like this. Who knows? Um, but that's what I would like to see. Uh, not necessarily either corner travel, but if one could come in uh, on Cooper Cup, now he's going to get his at the end of the day. There is no stopping Cooper Cup, but you have to maintain him. You have to maintain Cooper Cup. You you got to avoid the big plays. The obvious, he's doing a, po- they're in the red zone, he's doing a post corner. You got to avoid the obvious. That I don't know why that works every single time for him, but avoid the post corners, corners, avoid the big plays, avoid the freaking third and 10 pickups to Cooper Cup. Right. That's got to be avoided. Um, so with this 49ers defense, don't give up any third and double digits. That cannot happen. Yeah, Cooper Cup, slot fade. I see it in my nightmares. Poor Kalon Williams just getting roasted last year. But I agree. Like, it's not necessarily can you stop him from catching every pass. It's the key spots. On third down, 
make Stafford go somewhere else with the ball. If he wants to throw to Higby, which seems to be his number two target, great. Maybe you put Talanoa Hufanga on Higby and, and take your chances there. But just don't let Cup beat you in the crucial spots. That's what I want to see from that. And I think they have the, the talent to do it, honestly. I mean, the Rams are going to they're going to struggle to score. If the Niners don't set them up with short fields because of turnovers, the Rams are not going to be able to go up and down the field on this defense. No, there's there's no way that they are, especially the way that, that Matthew Stafford has looked in the first three games this season. I don't think he looks any better than what Russell Wilson has looked in the first three games of the season. Cheeks. Um, so so it, it's like I expect – and come on, like Matthew Stafford, he, he's a statue at the quarterback position. He, he does have some mobility, but he's not uh, a mobile quarterback. He, he's more so of a statue. Um, so it's like this defensive line. Hopefully we get Eric Armstead back to, to go ahead and crash on, on Matthew Stafford. And I would, I would love to see something out of it. Um, because like you said, let's hold on to the ball this time. Matthew Stafford's going to give it up. Um, yep. hopefully Hufunga has got a little more stick um, on his gloves and he comes down with one Hufunga's man. This is going to be a big time game for Hufunga. I think this is. This isn't be one of those games where like he he's already shining on the season, yep. but this matchup for him, I think it's a beautiful matchup for Hufunga on this one. Prime time, second straight prime time game. All the other games from week four are over with now. Definitely a chance for a little bit more of a coming out party for Hufanga. And this is going to sound terrible to say, so I'm going to try and phrase it as nicely as I can. If I were the 49ers early in this game, I would be more willing to give a little shot to Matthew Stafford, even if you might potentially get a flag. I'm not saying do anything dirty. I'm saying if you got a flag early in this game for a late hit on Matthew Stafford, it wouldn't be the most crushing penalty in the world because I still don't think his arm is right. I'd like to see the 49ers get to him, knock him around a little bit, and let's see if that thing can really hold up over the course of four quarters. I don't know that it can because he's looked weird this year, man, throwing the ball. Yeah, he just looks really weird, and I guess what you're alluding to there is basically, like, scare scare Matthew Stafford. Like, get in his head. Get him thinking about a hit when, when he feels pressure. Like, get on him in that way um, to where, you know, he's a little nervous. Short, short arms a ball, a ball, overthrows Cooper Cup there on one of those post corners. Get in his head and mess with him mentality. Um, I hope so. I hope so. And you know what? The the 49ers have the defensive line to go ahead and definitely mess with any quarterback in their league, in this league's head, for sure. I totally think we're going to see it. I think we're going to see Hufanga on some blitzes. He seems to be like really freaking good at timing the snap count. There was one play against the Lions last week where he practically took the handoff from Russell Wilson. That's how far in the backfield he was. I think you're going to send him on a couple of shots to see if you can get a hit on Stafford. I expect the Niners to get after it, and we'll see. We'll see if Stafford can respond because, you know, it could be a situation like we saw in, in the first game against the Rams last year where you get to him early, he throws a couple balls early, they give you the chance to create some turnovers, and the Niners get set up nicely to score without having to go down the field eight, nine, ten plays. That would be like the ideal game script for the Niners. Oh, absolutely ideal game script for the 49ers. If you could shorten the field and shorten the drive on on where you have to go, um like that that's a big that's a big win to me. Uh if you're only asking this team to get 
two first downs and now there's points on the board. Right. That that's huge. That's huge. Um so obviously I don't expect I don't expect a game like last week where the 49ers punted a million times. Um I I don't expect that. I I expect them to score more than 10 points this go around. What's kind of your your break your break at number uh as far as like what the defense you feel comfortable with the Rams scoring like for the 49ers defense what you feel comfortable them giving up to the Rams I think the magic number for the Niners all year is 20 if the offense can get to 20 points I think more often than not they're going to be in these games I think this Niners defense is that good if you can hold the Rams to like 17 points I would feel pretty comfortable in this game because the Niners know how to move the ball on the Rams. As much as the Rams are familiar with San Francisco, the same thing is true in the other direction. If you can keep the Rams under 20 points, you should win this game. So, like, looking at the scoring percentage of drives ending in a score, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, right now, the Rams, they're seventh most in the NFL with the drive giving up a scoring play. Uh, points on the board. They're seventh most in the NFL. Now, some of that is because you play Josh Allen, who's an absolute freak. Um, some of that is, you know, probably week two jitters after that playing, and you gave up quote, a little more than you should have against Marcus Mariota. We've seen them come back down to earth against the Cardinals and only gave up 12 points to Kyler Murray on the road in Arizona. So um, I, I do believe it's a little inflated, but if that's what they're giving up at this current state, take advantage of it. That's what they're giving up right now. Hell um, yeah. So so that's what I want to see with the 49ers. If the Rams are in the top 10 for giving up points uh, on, on a drive, let's take advantage of it. Right now, the 49ers, guess what? They're number one defensively in allowing uh, points on a drive. So, um, yes, you could say, but Leo, they didn't play Josh Allen. They played against... Uh, Justin Fields in a monsoon. They played against Geno Smith. Hold on. Geno Smith's like number one in completion percentage over the first four weeks. Um, but I'll still give that to you. Leo, they played against Russ, who looked really bad. Well, you know, it. Russ does have a little extra juice against the 49ers, but whatever. I'll give that to you. Well, they're still only defensively giving up a scoring point on 14.7%. Number two is Philadelphia Eagles at 20.5. That's That's a jump. That's a big jump to make up for whatever narrative you want to make about the opposing quarterbacks. That is a huge gap from one to two because the rest of the two through 32, the gap's not that big. So this defense is that legit. They just got to roll it over one more time. Now we talked about how familiar the Rams defense is with Jimmy Garoppolo and everything like that. This 49ers defense is just as familiar with that Rams offense. They're good and they're smart, which is the same thing that used to frustrate me about the Legion of Boom in Seattle. They were really freaking talented and they were really freaking smart. Well, the same thing applies to the 49ers defense in this game. One last point I want to make before we wrap it up. Kyle Shanahan, I am begging you, begging you. If it is fourth and two or fourth and three and you are near midfield, do not punt the football. Go for it. Every single time, go for it. And if it's fourth and two and you're in the red zone, don't kick a 20-yard field goal. Go for it every time. I'm 
begging you, please, please, please stop being so conservative. I agree. Obviously, you have the best defense of the league yes. so far through the first three games. This defense is very stingy in giving up points. And if you have a fourth and three and you're at your opponent's 45-yard line, I'm on board at this point. This defense, yeah. this 49ers defense has gained enough trust for you to trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, it has gained that much trust to do it. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the difference sometimes between walking away from a drive with no points or walking away from a drive with either a field goal or a touchdown. You don't know. Maybe that fourth and three gives you an extra spark on offense, and now you get bigger chunks down the field and you end up in the end zone. Um, or it gives you a bigger spark throughout the entire game from there, whether you ended that drive with a field goal or not. Um, eventually, this defense should have enough trust in you to where you can trust Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to just leave it at that. And I think you owe it to your defense to try and score as many points as yes. possible because they're so good. Like two or three touchdowns might be enough to win you the game. So forget the field goals. Field goals are failures. I keep saying it, except in like really specific situations, most of the time, field goals are failures. And they should stop being so willing to cart Robbie Gold out there to kick a field goal. So I hope they do it. I really, really do. This is a winnable game for the 49ers. And if they do, Leo, they even the record at two and two. They'll have a head-to-head victory against the Rams. They'll have another divisional victory against the Seahawks. And they have two road games coming up against Carolina and Atlanta. We could potentially be looking at a world where the 49ers are four and two going into that big game against Kansas City. Like this could be the start of where we kind of get back on track a little bit. Exactly, exactly. And and Kyle talked about last season not having the slow starts and playing makeup ball. It's like yes. when when you're coming towards the end of the school semester and you're at a you're at a 68% and now you're playing makeup trying to get to that C. What extra credit can I do? Can I get there? <laughs> um I need to get at a 75 minimum. Um well, the 49ers are going down that same dark hole. Uh winning this game, winning the next two after that. You put three in a row on the board, definitely avoids that situation that you want to so badly, Kyle. Um, four and two, like going at two and two gives 49ers Sherlock a first place because, like you said, the head to head over Seattle, who's two and two, it would give you the head to head over the Rams, who are two and two, two and oh in the division. Uh, so come on, come on, baby, let's do it. Feels How much- great, right? Right. How much better do you feel about the 49ers if they win this game versus if they lose it? Like, that's a huge swing. If they so losing this game, I think they would still be at three and three after six weeks because it's the Panthers and the Falcons. Um, but dropping a division game at home, um, uh, regardless, yeah, you're playing the Rams, both games are going to be at home, but <laughs> it's you just don't want to. You already dropped an NFC game that matters for standings, you know, with, with seeding in the playoffs. You drop that NFC game to the Bears already. You want to avoid as many NFC losses as possible. So stack them. you got to stack the Rams. This is a team you've basically dominated six out of the last seven games. And frankly, for three quarters, they dominated seven out of the last seven. So um, this is absolutely a winnable game. I think the 49ers got better in the offseason, and I think the Rams got worse in the offseason. So you should win this game. Plus, you got the red throwbacks on. you got to represent, man. You can't be losing games with the 94 throwbacks. Come on. Let's go, people. 
All right, we'll see if the 49ers can do it. Plus, remember, after the game, you can join us live on the Niners Nation Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages, plus my Twitch page, at Stats on Fire. We're going to be doing the instant reaction. We'll take your questions, your comments. Thousands and thousands of you join us every single week. We love it. So please make sure you do that, and hopefully we are celebrating. I will have an adult beverage or two or three, depending on how the game actually turns out. Come celebrate with us, hopefully, hopefully. And, uh, you know, we could be living in a world where the 49ers are two and two and suddenly things don't look so bad. Leo, thank you very much for letting me pinch hit here today. Absolutely. Hey, you did a Julio Rodriguez job pinch hitting right there. Hey, now. There you go. He's coming off the IL today. Let's go, Julio. All right, everybody. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you after it's over.